You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, it is. Off and running on this Saturday, November 23rd. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Lots to do. We'll try to run through all of it over the next 60 minutes. No promises, though. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. If you want to follow me there, we got to get into week 12 around the NFL. Jets and Raiders on Sunday. Giants face off against the Bears. We'll touch on uh, the Knicks, of course, on a Saturday morning, as we always do. Do we have to? Just listening to the Sports Center there. The Spurs have lost eight in a row as they get ready to face off against the Knicks. Uh, to them. Uh, prefer, they probably would have lost last night. But let's start with uh, what is really the story right now. And no, it's not the Yankees parting ways with Jacoby Ellsbury, which in terms of a fan experience will not be really any different than when the Yankees had Jacoby Ellsbury. It's not the NFL right now. That is not the biggest story. It's not Week 12. It's not the uh, Patriots-Cowboys. God knows it's not Giants-Bears, right? <laughs> it's not Jets and Raiders. It's not the leader of the MVP chase, mostly, or at least partly, because they don't give out the MVP people until the season's over. Why don't you watch some of the season before this thing going on all season long? It's not the NBA. We know that for sure. It's not baseball's free agency, which will, I'm sure, heat up before too long. The biggest story right now going on in sports is clearly the investigation into the Houston Astros and the allegations. Are we still calling them allegations? I guess we still are, right? The allegations that they cheated back in at least in 2017. Let's start there. Where the investigation goes beyond that, we will see. But at least let's start with 2017. Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred came out, spoke publicly this week about the investigation, spoke loosely about what his powers are in that investigation. And that has been, of course, one of the fascinating aspects of the story. What the punishment will be, what the punishment should be. How do you punish a team that not only, I think at this point, clearly cheated, but very well might have cheated their way to a championship? Despite the cries from fans, you cannot strip them of the title. Well, why not? Because that is not punishment. They already won the title. They already had the celebration. You can't go. We don't have time machines. You can't go back and alter things like that. They already have the rings. Nobody else can win that year. That year is already been decided. So the punishment aspect of the story is fascinating. As I pointed out last week, during the week, if for no other reason, some of the ridiculous possibilities that people bring up. This week, I actually heard somebody say they should replay the games. (laughs) They should, yeah, go back and replay the games. Well, sure, it was 2017. Got some guys have retired since then. But yes, of course, let's, let's go back and replay the whole season. Why don't we? It's like Stratomatic. Well, Rob Arthur, from baseball prospectus, went back and looked at some of uh, the evidence and uh, some of the results, and he found something very interesting. Now, baseball prospectus is a subscription required, but he tweeted out some of the, the, the key details, and this is what he found. The Astros' sign stealing did not start at the beginning of the year. That's something that I thought. I thought this was going on the entire 20... No, 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 it didn't. It actually didn't start the banging on the garbage cans until late May. And guess what? Guess what he found? Guess what happened 
when that started. This is it's going to floor you. The Astros offense started raking at basically the exact same time. Went from below average to this incredible jump. According to Rob Arthur, a baseball prospectus, quote, a bunch of normally stable plate discipline metrics take these huge leaps forward. Wow, what do you know, right? And it happens at the exact same time they start banging on the garbage can. What a coincidence. He continues, quote, reviewing the last seven years of baseball, no team out of 209 others ever made as big an improvement after the end of May in both metrics as the Astros did. They also improve their exit velocity, their launch angle, their raw triple slash figures to boot. Wow, what a shot. What a surprise, huh? And he also did not stop there. Now, the investigation has to start with 2017. And obviously, at this point, I think the the, the evidence is, is overwhelming. But Arthur found that at the exact same time that their sign stealing started at home and their performance jumped, their road performance also changed dramatically. Now, some Astros fans clearly will say, well, see, the cheating did not really impact them. They just became who they were going to become, right? They had a slow start to the season, and then all of a sudden guys started to get into a groove, a groove that has not been found in any other examples, but okay, sure. But what Arthur thinks, and I think is fair to surmise at this point, considering the incredible jump in performance that they had, that while there has not been evidence that the Astros also figured out how to cheat on the road, that they probably did that as well. Now, you should not really, in terms of when you're talking about punishment and what the punishment should be or will be, you really don't, you shouldn't have to go back and see how the performance jumped. You shouldn't need evidence that it worked. You only really should need evidence that they did it. And I think at this point, you kind of have that, right? Like in the court of, not even public opinion, but of the evidence that we know. The prosecution in that case is just lighting it up. Whereas the defense right now is kind of like the stuttering lawyer from my cousin Vitty. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the ju- 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 jury. You know the guy. At this point, the evidence is overwhelming, as I said. The crime, you'd have to say, at this point, this is the biggest crime that baseball has had since the Black Sox scandal. This is bigger to me than steroids. Steroids grew based, at least in part, because baseball turned their blind eye to it and they just benefited from it as the players were doing it themselves. This is a clear violation of the rules, rules that were restated by the baseball commissioner in the very same year that the Astros were doing it. This was brazen. So the focus of the punishment has to be on the people that permitted this, helped operate it. They must be, and I think that this we kind of came up with this after batting it around here for the last week or so in the course of the, the morning show Monday through Friday. The punishment at this point, based on what Rob Manford can do, should do, it's pretty clear. The people that allowed this to operate and – help operate it, have to not only be fired, 
they have to be banned from the game. If you ever want to talk about it, Rob Manfred wants to talk about the integrity of the game. If the integrity of the game is as important as we all believe it is, as we should believe it is, how could you ever make that argument again if the people who instituted this program, benefited from it, are allowed to stay in their jobs? There's no other conceivable punishment that would not only punish the act and also deter anyone else from doing it again. Sorry. Draft picks don't do that. You could take away the Astros draft picks from now until kingdom come. It doesn't do as much nearly as taking the people who, I mean, clearly were involved at this point and taking them out of the, uh, out of the, the, the field of play. Rob Manfred has already said that the investigation may not be complete until spring training. So any idea of impacting the roster this year is out, right? Some people have said, well, don't allow them to sign free agents. Well, they'll already have signed the free agents by spring training. Any impact on trades, that, that can't happen. You can't suspend all of the players involved. You are not going to ban the Astros from the postseason for the year or for years to come. As I've said before, this is not the Mountain West. This is not college football. You have to, if you're the baseball commissioner and you find evidence, which at this point, it would I mean – a blind squirrel would be able to find the evidence. You have to tear down the infrastructure of that knowingly allowed this to happen. So A.J. Hinch had to know this was happening. What possible defense could A.J. Hinch give for saying, oh, well, I wasn't aware? It's It defies plausibility. It defies any logic whatsoever. He could never say that he didn't know that this was going on. Jeff Lunau, who I think at least has some more uh, maybe plausible deniability, but I don't even know if that matters, considering he was the GM of a team, that this happened under his watch. Those two guys right there, first and foremost, have to be fired and banned from the game. How else could you ever make the argument that the integrity of the game is important when you have two people who have done probably more so than anything to – Jimmy switched the the integrity of the game than anything that has happened since 1919. And I would not stop there. Now, it would depend on what the evidence you found. But Alex Cora, who was the bench coach, is now the Red Sox manager. If it turns out to be true, as it has been at least alleged, that he was one of the people who came up with the system, he has to be hit hard with a major suspension. And if the evidence shows that Carlos Beltran was involved, or as some have alleged, was the ringleader of getting this program started. And that's what it was. It was a program. This is not something they came up with on a whim. This is not something that somebody did behind closed doors. This was a program that everybody was in cahoots on. How could you – I know he's the manager of the Mets now. He's not with the Astros. He's not a player anymore. But how could you possibly come up and find that this happened, that these people were involved, and not suspend him too? Rob Manford has to punish the act, which was clearly illegal and clearly effective, while also sending a clear message that don't – hey, other teams, don't even think 
about doing something like this because if he doesn't send both of those messages, well, then it's never going to stop. It might not be exactly like the Astros did, but then the integrity of the game, I mean, it's almost like the baseball records or the baseball Hall of Fame now that uh, Harold Baines is in. It's right out the window. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. We've opened, of course, with uh, the big story so far of the baseball offseason. Really, to me, it, the biggest story in sports going on right now, and that is the Astros, the allegations, the cheating, and, and really where the punishment, because at, at this point, there, it's going to be punishment. Uh, it, it, if baseball came out, they would not ever look more ridiculous if they came out and said, yeah, you know, we looked into this. And, uh, you know, it's really hard to prove. It's really hard to look at. It's really hard to, to figure out what, to, what really went on there. So I think it's pretty clear that uh, there's going to be punishment. Now, I do not have a lot of confidence that Rob Manfred will actually get this right. And maybe, and this is one thing about Rob Manfred, maybe the fact that I don't have a lot of confidence comes from the fact that him making his statements the other day while wearing the hard hat and the goggles. I mean, Mr. Commissioner, would it be okay if you took off the hard hat and the goggles before addressing the media on this very important – it's not – we're not showing off like a new ballpark that they're still building. I mean, I would like for you maybe – or maybe just move someplace where you don't need the – I don't know where he was that he needed the hard hat and goggles. I don't think that's part of his everyday look. But we can see you. Right. There's cameras there. We're it's not radio. I'm wearing my hard hat and goggles right now, but I'm on the radio. It doesn't impact your your experience at all. So um, I don't have a lot of confidence that baseball is going to nail this, even though to me, while there's all these ideas, it seems to me pretty clear where the 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 if the investigation shows right, all oh, what the punishment kind of should be. You have to take the people who allowed this to, to go on and, and directed it and – I mean the fact that there's already email evidence that people within the Astros organization are talking about cameras and binoculars. Figure out what you can do, what you can get. It seems pretty clear at this point with all the evidence that you have that it went on. And, and it seems like the, the punishment has to be taking the people who allowed this to go on out of power. And I'm not saying that it has to be lifetime bans, but it should be the type of thing where you're banned for at least a year and then you have to apply for reinstatement. I mean, if Pete Rose is still applying to, to be let back into baseball so he can, you know, essentially be voted into the Hall of Fame, I don't think anybody's going to be hiring Pete Rose to uh, be a manager or a coach at this stage. But if, if he has to apply for reinstatement, to me, the, what the Astros did is, is greater than even what Pete Rose did. Put off the Jets and the, the Raiders conversation for a little bit. Can we? Can we please? Uh, let's go to Earl in Brooklyn. Earl, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Gordon. We touched on this last week. I told you that everyone that was involved should be suspended. And when yep. you say suspension, 25, 30 games, you're hitting them in the pocket. Everyone involved. Right. Well, I mean, also, I, don't, I don't really worry about hitting the – you mean the Astros in the pocket in terms of money. I don't really care. I mean, they're still going to be making boatloads of money. Um, so I, that doesn't really worry me as much as – it has to impact um, – The game. The game, yeah, the, the, the wins right. and the losses. And look, if you could come up with a way where baseball could suspend the players involved – I mean, if you can't 
find enough evidence to it's, it's kind of hard for me to believe you're going to be able to find enough evidence to contact each and every single player and the baseball you know the um, uh, the uh, players union is not going to fight that tooth and nail for every suspension that gets handed down for a player so let's, let's talk about the ban situation so uh-huh. we're going to ban the top people that was involved who knew about it yeah those guys should be banned and with a a, a, a way to reinstate in a year then the people that get banned should be the other guys should be suspended because this is like you said this is worse than the yeah, Pete Rose no I, I, I agree with I, it's, it's totally worse than Pete worse Rose, than Pete Rose it's worse, worse than steroids it's worse than anything to me outside of the Black Sox I think the Black Sox is still worse uh, but but not by much I mean this is I mean you're talking about a hundred years exactly I mean you heard in baseball this is just like someone uh, with 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 the domestic violence if you with that it's the same situation. Well, I mean, that, look, that's terrible too. But that's off the field. I mean, this yes. is impacting the integrity. I mean, if you don't have, if if people can't feel like the game is on the level, then you're talking about the WWE, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Gordon. All right, Earl. Thanks for the call, man. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the phone number. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Yeah, I mean, if you can't, if if they don't come out and and AJ Hinch is not taken out as the manager, and to me, Jeff Lunau, who he is the one who is the linchpin in this, right? He's the guy who 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 runs the organization as the general manager and instituted this mindset of not allow, you know, don't don't allow the unwritten rules to hold you back. And it seems like at this point even the written rules. Like it seems there's an interesting conversation to be had like for an organization which clearly tanked, right? And tanking is, hey, we're going to put. We're going to stack the odds in our favor as much as possible to rebuild our organization because this is what the this is what the the rules in place are. Right? If you're a terrible team and you lose intentionally, you can recoup and take advantage of that by getting all drafting at the top of the round, all this young controllable talent for years to come, and it kind of goes against what the the unwritten rules are. There's no written rules of hey. You have to make sure your team goes out there and tries to play to win every single solitary game. So they, they use the system to benefit themselves. And I think that that's smart. But there's something to be said for not following the unwritten rules and then breaking what are not only the written rules, but the restated rules by Major League Baseball in the very year that you are breaking the rules. Uh, that that to me uh, crosses the line. That to me crosses the line. Let's go out to our buddy Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my man? Good morning, my friend. I, uh, I think it's one. Of, first of all, you made a, uh, a uh, what's the Kingdom Come reference, uh, which goes normally with a Timbuktu reference. It's it's a reverend uh, day. You know, I mean, it's got to be severe punishment. You could blame it on Joe West. You can blame it on an equipment manager, or uh, you can go back and have the uh, guy. You know who it's going to be. We know who it's going to be. It's going to be Beltron because the Mets hired him. I mean, this is just playing right into the Wilpon's hand. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I think that, I think it's it's fair to, to to guess that Beltron did have a hand in this. Oh, absolutely. He's he was, uh, but not bragging about it. He, I, you know, he always came off to me. I don't know if you feel the same way about him. Uh, borderline Hall of Fame, classy guy, got remembered for the curveball and all that crap. But he always produced in the playoffs back with Houston. Uh, but he and Cora were linked. Now, if you go back and look at the historyonics here, 
Cora was the bench coach player. Right. Like, yep. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I mean, it defies logic. Uh, look, I, I'm not saying that uh, the players don't deserve to be punished. I just don't think that you can effectively punish all the players involved. Now, if the evidence shows you, if you start interviewing people, and everybody basically tells you, well, this is how it started. It start, and the athletic article touched on the fact that it started with a player who had had success doing this type of thing, right? Reading signs elsewhere and a coach and that they came up with this system and that the system was picked up and, and used by the organization. Uh, those guys, I mean, they have to be punished as well. I know that he's not with the Astros anymore, but I mean, how could you, how could you possibly say, well, this is the, this is such a serious thing. We're doing this giant investigation, but the guys who were actually involved putting the nuts and bolts into place, well, they're with different teams now. <laughs> Can't do you have to you have to hit them hard. Either it's serious or it's not. If it's not serious, tell us that. And then you can never I mean, think about what that will mean. Think about what that will mean for for, for other teams, right? If if the Astros do not get hit hard, well then why the hell it's almost like Barry Bonds when he's watching Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa hitting home runs left to right. What the hell am I doing? I got to get on the even better stuff and become the greatest player all of us have ever seen in the history of our lives, unless you saw Babe Ruth. Uh, let's go to David in Long Beach. David, uh, go, my man. Hey there. Good morning. I think you're uh, right on the money about uh, suspending the people that were involved. But baseball's kind of a little strange as far as what rules are explicit, what rules are unwritten, and uh, what rule, what what uh, applies to an honor system. I mean, golf has an honor system because, right. to me, any batter that receives a signal and utilizes that to his advantage should also be disciplined. Yeah, but that, that but David, that's the nature of the game. I mean, like you, you can't go back now and 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 undo what the, the the spirit of the game is. So, yeah, look, I have no problem with if you can decipher signals on your own and relay them to teammates. That's to me is all the cat and mouse of baseball. I, I don't want to take that out of it. But when you take it to a level where you're using camera equipment and monitors in the dugout and banging on garbage cans, and this is not, again, this is not something like, oh, was this legal or not legal? They knew this was illegal. Baseball came out that year and said, anybody who's using electronic equipment in this manner, the next time you're going to be hit hard. And in that very, it wasn't like it, like, oh, well, they, they said that three years ago, but I don't know that they necessarily really mean it. This happened in the exact same year that the Astros were doing this. And, and, and how about the, did, so did the players know that they were breaking a rule? I think they, ha- I, how would they not? Well, then there you go. I, I, I think <laughs> they have to answer to it somehow. Yeah, I, I don't know. To me, that one's a little bit more sticky. Uh, that one's more of a, a sticky wicket of like, how do you punish the players? Because some people will tell you, you know, the players, some players didn't want to know what was coming. Uh, and and just what impact that had specifically, and how do you punish all the players on a team, including some guys who are not on the team anymore? So, and you have the whole aspect of the the players' union, which I think would certainly fight any any lengthy suspension. You know, if you came out with a twenty game suspension for every player involved, uh, I think that that the, the players' union clearly would fight that every step of the way. So, the players' aspect of it, I'm not going to tell you. There's a, a real clear blueprint for what you should do but in terms of the people and in fairness like 
it's almost like if you're not cheating, you're not trying, like the old, uh, the old Ken Patera, the old great 80s philosopher Ken Patera. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Like, part of me doesn't really blame the players for looking for any edge that even bends the rule or break the rule, but they're supposed to be people within the organization who come out and say, no, you can't do that. And it certainly seems like that when this was brought to the organization, they said, hey, great idea. <laughs> that's, that's not really the response that you were supposed to have to that. But that clearly appears to be what was the case. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. So the Spurs are only uh, minus two tonight at the Garden? Really? Gotta get to Jersey! Gotta get the gotta get over, gotta get over that bridge. Uh, hey, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It's ninety eight point seven FM, ESPN New York. Time now for Around the League, driven by Ford Lincoln of Queens. And uh, let's make this the uh, section where we talk about the uh, football: Jets, Raiders Sunday, uh, Giants and Bears. Jets on Sunday. To me, it's interesting because this would be the best indicator, and probably you'd have to say maybe even the last indicator of where the Jets are really pointed at this point of the season. And now that Darnold's back and the things that have gone wrong and the things that have gone right. The Raiders are a good, solid team, right? They could very well be a playoff team, could very well win the uh, AFC West. Now, I don't think that they're a true contender this season, but considering where they were, considering where they are, good, solid team. A good, solid team flying across the country. Also one that has a huge game next week against Kansas City that very well, as I think I said, could decide the AFC West. Now, I know most Jet fans, they don't want to hear this. But it's hard to not have not be so invested in the team to actually look at things realistically and not look at the last two weeks as anything more than you played two of the worst teams in the sport, you played the Giants, who are, for many reasons, a disaster. A defense that is a sieve, that's playing a rookie quarterback, a limited running back, and not a whole lot else. They are, by all barometers, a terrible team. It's pronounced thermometer. I'm sorry. A terrible team that probably should only have one win. And might only win maybe one or two more games the rest of the way. And then Washington, who I think you'd have to say is the most dysfunctional team in the sport. The Bengals are worse. But I think at this point, the Bengals want to be worse. Right? Like there's no real way you can say the Bengals are trying to win week in and week out when they're starting Ryan Finley, a quarterback. That does not make them a better team. I think that they're willing to... Yeah, maybe get him some reps and see what he is as a quarterback before getting the first pick in the draft and probably taking another one. But I think at this point, the Bengals are resigned to their fate and want nothing more than to make sure they secure that first pick. Washington is basically been just as bad, and they're trying to win. They went almost four games without scoring an offensive touchdown. Four games is a quarter of the season. That's a month. See me looking, throwing out this math, top of my head. 
They've already fired their head coach. Think of all the bad coaches around the league. And they're the only ones that have gotten rid of the guy. They're playing a quarterback who is completely overwhelmed and a defense that looks like it's completely over the season. <laughs> it seems like they'd rather be anywhere else. So, hey, if you're the Jets, take the wins. I'm not saying don't take the wins, but it's kind of hard as an outsider to believe that you figured anything out or that this means that. If you want to show that you're pointed in the right direction after the, the, the low points of the season, go out and play well this week. I'm not saying you have to win. Raiders are a better team than you. But go be competitive. Don't look completely lost. Show me that the coach may have a clue. The quarterback is not just a product of beating two horrendously bad teams in a season that before playing those two horrendously bad teams, we were all kind of in agreement that the guy had regressed this year. This is really their last chance to make the argument that things are not as disastrous as they were earlier in the year, or at least make the argument, you know what, they had a lot of things outside of their control that went wrong in this first year, and it's not as bad as this. The Raiders are a good team, because after this, if you go out and get really like manhandled and... I'm not going to say be as bad as you were earlier this year because that would be hard. But if you go out and, and, and get completely dominated in this game at home, and then I, I don't want to hear against the Bengals or the Dolphins that, well, see, it was just that Raider game. It was just a fluky thing. The Bengals, look what we did against the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals are god-awful. And to me, after this game, the Bengals and the Dolphins games – I know it's kind of hard to say this considering the Jets are, are not a good team and, and a long way to go. Even as bad as they've been, those are kind of must-win games. You cannot be losing to a team that has zero wins in week 13 of the season. You just, I mean, you can't do that. And if you're the Jets, after losing to the Dolphins already once... You can't at home go out and lose that game too when the Dolphins is, the players themselves are playing hard, but it's not exactly like they're a good team. They've taken everything of value and sold it for parts. They stripped down the thing to the, to the, to the bare walls. So if you don't play well this week, or if you lose either of those two, I mean, if you lose those two games, one, even one of them, it's kind of hard for me to believe about the, you know, all the things you get, all the growth of the quarterback or the meeting that they had. <laughs> Good timing on that meeting right before you play the Giants and the, the, uh, the Redskins. And it's funny because people will say to me, oh, what are you going to say when they win? Uh, what, what, what I will say when they win, if they win, or if they play well, hey, they played well. That's a good, that's a good job by them. That's what I'm, I'm gonna point to the players and the storylines that are important. I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. But what I'm not gonna do is pretend that the first 10 games disappear or didn't count or were a fluke. And just one thing on the quarterback as well. This has been, obviously, a very trying season for Sam Darnold, and things the last two weeks have looked good. I think it's largely because of the competition that they've played. But where he is at this point and what he will be, can we slow down chiseling it in stone every single week in the positive for Jet fans? I mean, it, it gets ridiculous. Go and look. Really, since the NFL has kind of changed here the last, the last five, seven years, where young quarterbacks get to play right away, more so than not. 
every young quarterback who is, unless they are just complete stiffs, I will grant you, if you're a complete stiff, this is not the case. But every young quarterback who's taken high up in the draft and comes in and plays pretty much right away, they all show some glimpses. It's whether or not those glimpses build into anything of any consistency. Every young quarterback, guys that now we know are not the real deal. But go back and look. Jameis Winston, he showed some glimpses. He had games where, I think he had a game where he threw six touchdown passes in a rookie season. Marcus Mariota, in his very first game, had a perfect quarterback rating. Mitchell Trubisky, a guy who we all now say, oh, the guy can't play at all. He had four games last year where he had a quarterback rating of over 120. He was the most popular pick in Vegas this year, coming into this season, to win the MVP. There's this this rush to anoint every single quarterback in this league that gets taken high up in the draft. Carson Wentz, we all, myself included, we all anointed him. I don't think there's any anointing ceremony scheduled for this weekend. Same thing with Jared Goff. Same thing with a lot of these guys. So just relax. Go out and play well this week. But let's not get carried away with saying, well, if he does this this week, well, then that means that for for three years from now. Slow down and uh, try to enjoy the uh, the process. And let's not make any bold proclamations on what this week means for down the road. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. We touched on the Giants. Oh, no, excuse me. We touched on the Jets. We have to, yet to touch on the Giants. And uh, do we have to touch? I don't want to touch the Giants, but uh, let's touch on them anyway. Because um, they have a game this week against the Bears. And it's they're almost it's almost kind of like the same thing, right? The Bears are obviously not a good team. It's been a very disappointing season. And outside, if you take a look at the Giants' schedule, Outside of the Dolphins and Washington, I mean, what games are they going to win the rest of the year? And look, you might be a Giant fan who says, you know what, I really don't want to win any games the rest of the year. Because it's hard for me to envision, right, if you're a Giant fan who wants some seismic change after this year in terms of the coaching staff or in terms of the the infrastructure of the team, if you win – Look, if you only win even four games, it's kind of hard for me to believe that there's not going to be some pretty significant changes – but if you win only two, and really, at this point, you, uh, the, the, the Buccaneer win, I mean, that was a very fortunate win to get. But it's funny, though, when you talk about the, the, uh, the, the coaching situation. Like, when the Jets went out this offseason and were going to hire a coach, what was the primary objective that almost everybody wanted the coach to do? They wanted an offensive coach who was going to nurture the quarterback. It's all about the quarterback. Most important position in sports. we got to make sure that that's taken care of. Well, look, I don't think that Pat Shermer is a very good head coach, and the record would tell you that. And I don't know what impact he has had with Daniel Jones. But in terms of rookie quarterback seasons, especially rookie quarterback seasons on what you'd have to say are horrendous teams— Daniel Jones has not looked terrible. He's had some moments. Now, again, as I said about Darnold, everybody shows some glimpses. But he's not had that many opportunities to show you some glimpses, and already he's showed you some. 
And while I think that credit largely goes to Daniel Jones, if we're all going to scream about how the coach has to be able to, to nurture the quarterback, I think he's been okay. Now, does he have things to work on? Yes, of course. He's a rookie quarterback. And Danny Dimes has looked more like Danny Drops in the last few <laughs> I mean, that's a that's an issue. we got to got to hold on to the football there, big guy. But if the Giants win only four games, it's kind of hard for the current regime to play the relax people, we know what we're doing card, like they did when they were sitting there after the Buccaneers win. So maybe you don't want any more wins. Maybe you look at the rest of the season and you think, you know, if they, you can always delude yourself. And I don't think that Dave Gettleman's really in any trouble. It doesn't seem that way from the outside. But I think if you only win two games, it's kind of hard to think that the coach, even though it's funny, the coach on the other, not that anybody's uh, crying. <laughs> if, if you told them we're getting rid of Shermer, I think most Jet fans would say, can you get rid of the other? Can we get a two-for-one? Can we get a two-for-one special? Can we get a Groupon? Is there any Groupons available for new coaches? But uh, I think that it's kind of hard to see if they only win two or three games, and it's kind of hard to envision uh, winning any other games than that, that you would be able to uh, come back next year with the, the, the same head coach and the same GM. All right, let's get to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It's all on the table for you, the Astros, the uh, the Jets, the Giants, even the Knicks, who uh, are only only giving up two tonight. Hmm. Only, Or excuse me, only giving two to the uh the Spurs, only minus two. That's crazy. That's uh, interesting. Got to get out of here and get over to Jersey quick. Omar in Brooklyn. Omar, my friend, what's going on? Hey, good morning. Uh, you're very happy. What's going on, my I friend? Are you all right there? You starting the weekend early? Yeah, listen, let, let me tell you. Right. First, yeah. I don't want no reservation about this. I want three wins this weekend. Two for the next build. Monday morning, I'll be a happy guy. I need two. There is no solution. No one and one. I need Three wins this week. Wait, wait a second. How many wins do you want? You want two wins or three wins? I thought you said you I wanted want three. Two, two Knicks win and one Oh, okay. Win. So you want three total, two Knicks wins. Uh, all yes. right. All right. And who, now who do the Knicks play after the Spurs? Who do they play the next night? Uh, Brooklyn Nets on Sunday. All right. Yeah, okay. No Kyrie for that game. So yes. uh, Listen, I want. To, I don't want to listen to nothing. I want wins. That's it. Okay. W's. All right. All right. Then the next Astros. All these Yankees fans, except uh, uh, you are making a listen. You, did you talk about all these? People that were taking steroids when all those your Yankees. Of course, football. you won the championship 2009, and did you say suspend them? No, and take but, but Omar, I mean it's kind of hard. Look, look, I'm not saying to take away the Astros championship, but I can't allow it to keep happening if it's doing if they're doing it, and it's pretty clear they did it. And it's not yeah, me. No, it's not Yankee no, fans. Is Rob Manfred the, the a big Yankee fan? Yeah, He's the commissioner of baseball. They know, they know that for the baseball to surrender the Yankees have to win a championship. They haven't won. According to me, in 40 years, the only thing that they have won. And that's if one won in like, like 50 years. They're like uh, Astros. Uh, like Astros is tainted. Then uh, the, uh, take out the championship of Astros. And don't, don't do or do this, do this. I, what is wrong is wrong. They have tried that. But you, don't you think George Rodney knew, uh, knew that uh, they were using uh, uh, meters inside the locker room? Well, I, I don't know uh, that like they the knew they were, didn't know, but it's not up to the Yankees to police the Astros. I mean, now it's the Yankees' fault that the Astros were allowed to do this. See, it's, we let you inside the ma- mind of, of, of Omar, and uh, it's, it's scary in there. He is, uh, he is operating in rooms playing with toys that only he can see. Let's go to Ira in Staten Island. Ira, what's going on, my man? 
Hey, happy Thanksgiving, Gordon. Same That's to a you, little Ira. scary. That's a little scary early in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, God, God bless. Um, you know, I, I look at it. This is a very good measuring stick for the Jets this week. Absolutely. Um, listen, you know, you, you, you don't um, you don't make excuses or give back wins. They played Washington. They Absolutely. played the Giants. Okay. Um, listen, Gase seems to have Donald going in the right direction right now. And hopefully uh, they go out there. You got a, a much better opponent. You got a team that's just knocking on the door of the playoffs. But you know what? I think they're home. I think they got momentum. I think if they could play the same type of ball that they played the last two weeks, which is going to be tough because, you know, you got better competition. Absolutely. I think they have a real good chance to win. I just think that, you know what scares me about tomorrow? It's, going to be, it's supposed to be a bad weather day. I think both teams are going to have trouble struggling running the ball. And it could come down to the kicking game. Yep. And you know the kicking yep. game has been a fact. You know it's been a yep. thorn in our side all year. Hopefully that's not the case. I'm still going to pick the Jets to win a close one. But I think the kicking game is going to determine this game tomorrow. Oh, look, I don't even think you have to win the game. I think if you're competitive in the game, that will show you that that it's not simply the the, the, the case of the competition the, following, the, the last two weeks. But you have to come out and be competitive. If you're coming out and maybe you score in the opening drive like you've done here a bunch – and then you don't score again until the fourth quarter. I don't want to hear about the meetings that they're having behind the scenes or that the quarterback's done this or this, this big change has meant this, but come out and, and play well. Let's see it. It's not, the Raiders are not uh, the, the Patriots. They're a good team. They're a good solid team. And I think the right term there is measuring stick. It's a measuring stick game, even for a team that is uh, sitting where they are. Danny in Jersey. Danny, go, my man. Hey, good morning this morning, Gordy. Uh, I, I think the Knicks should just be competitive. And hope for them to lose, not win. Get another, get another. Keep stocking up the team on draft picks. And as far as the Jets go, if they can't beat Oakland, coming all the way to the West Coast, if they can't put them away, then we'll really know what they're all about. Well, I mean, they're they're flying here. I mean, they're flying here on a chartered jet. They're not they're not traveling by uh, stagecoach. Uh, it's not, it's not the 1830s here. It didn't take them a week to to arrive, trying to get over the old Mississippi. Uh, they, they, it's a, it's a travel. It's a, it's it's a, it's a factor, I guess. But no, I mean, uh, they don't have to go out and win the game. But you have to show that you're a professional organization. And there's been a lot of times this year where the Jets have not looked like a professional organization. Go show that last two weeks it wasn't playing the Giants in Washington. That you've kind of figured things out, and away you go. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on ninety eight point seven ESPN.